growing our joy capacity is learning how to go back and heal from trauma. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk with Matt Dowd, and we are Renegade Atlas, charting a new path for your life. So, Matt, today on our show, we have a special guest, and we're going to be going down some uh, a different path. It's a very yeah. a parallel path, I think, to the, what we've been talking about. But this is part three of Created to Be Healthy, and we've been talking about um, the ideas of what it takes for a person to express health. And I argue that you're innately designed to express health and only when things when you move away from the way God created it do you not express health mm. um, yeah. uh, but today we're going to be talking about spiritual health emotional health how those things kind of tie in together yeah man well it's one of my favorite topics actually um, just how how much our spiritual well-being and emotional mental that internal sense of health um, plays out in our physical reality it sure does you know um and in just how we look at life and how we feel how our bodies function i don't know i think it's really interesting that whole connection yeah so why don't you introduce our guest today okay all right yeah we are pleased to have stephanie hinman she's a board certified christian counselor and registered art therapist she's the founder of healing expressions llc where she works with individuals, families, schools, and organizations in the areas of trauma, healing, and recovery, crisis intervention, and then building resilient kids, families, and communities. I think that's, that's, that's incredible. That's really yeah. great, great. I mean, uh, there's more. She's, well, she's been at this for over 20 years. And yeah, I just think it's an incredible work you do. Stephanie, so Thank welcome you. to the show. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, Stephanie, um, you and I have got to know each other over the past probably couple of years now, a little bit. Um, and we actually met floating down a river in the middle of Missouri <laughs> That's because right. your daughter and my son, our youth, the youth group, went on a float trip. And That's the water right. was so low, we oh, had to like drag the boat. No, it was <laughs> slow more boat. dragging. <laughs> Yeah. Trudging through that. Yeah. Slow boat to nowhere in the middle of Missouri. But um, you're, you, you've done everything from write books. Yes. To working with kids and private practice, doing your own thing. How did you get on this journey? Where did it come from? Well, I went to school to be an art therapist because I wanted to work with children. And I had had trauma as a child. And I really... Uh, had a heart for helping children who come from difficult stories learn to be resilient and to have the emotional capacity to live life fully with joy. And so that's why I went to school. I started out working with children in the foster care and, uh, and through hospice and that kind of thing and um, found myself working with adult survivors of childhood trauma. So I was work, started working one side of the fence and then swung over to the other side of the fence and then at some point began to marry the two and um, created a trauma-informed resilience building curriculum for uh, children to build emotional capacity so that when the um, ups and downs of life comes, they, they are able to navigate it well. Hmm. And what we know is that you don't just build resilient kids, you build resilient families and communities that support those kids. You know, as you were just saying this, I, I got to thinking, and I think, Matt, you probably are going to be tracking with me on this one, 
is I, I was realizing, but that's the work. I mean, that resiliency, that redemption, that solidness is what really what God wants for us. Yeah. It's yeah. the he's fruit des- of the Spirit. Yeah, right? he's designed Love, joy, us to peace. be that yeah. way. But yeah. we're not. Yeah. You know, things happen to us. Yeah. What are some of the things that cause these type of um, lack of resiliencies and these traumas in, in children we'll start with and then how they manifest as adults? Well, in uh, the book Building Bounce, it'll be coming out very soon. We give the metaphor of um, a healthy um, person has a has a ball that is full of air. Um, if you've ever played four square with a ball or a basketball, for that matter, with a ball that does not have air, it does not bounce very well. So we need to have air, and the air represents joy. So, and joy, we know from neuroscience, is relational. And that is the only way we can build joy. We are created for joy. Our brains are designed by God to... Um, to from a very young age through smiles and relationship to grow this part of the brain that um, is what um, <clears throat> grows our ability to be fully attached to handle adversity well to come back to joy we talk about building the joy center and then building those pathways back to joy from the six overwhelming emotions shame anger fear disgust hopeless despair and that that though each of those we need pathways back from each of those big six emotions and those are supposed mm-hmm. to develop in childhood as an adult comes alongside lends us their emotional capacity comforts us meets us in that place doesn't shame us in those big emotions but is able to join with us and help us return back to safe calm and connected okay i think we just get, got hit with a fire hose there <laughs> that was so much amazing information yeah yeah it's a lot well, so, I mean, are, you said in, as we were prepping for the show a little bit that we're seeing or you're seeing a lack of that ability in so, our society. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so the two things we need are the, the joy in our ball so that we can maintain that bouncy. And then we also need a strong outer wall. So what we mm-hmm. find is that we are not able to hold our joy if we have uh, a flat tire you know, a leak. A leak. Um, (laughs) So the things that create leaks are the daily stressors of life. So learning self-care, learning how to um, notice when we are feeling um, depleted and what what are some skills I can do to replenish. Um, That is one aspect of it. But then what we know is that trauma forms a hole in that outer wall where we lose air. So if you've ever met a person where you can love them and love them and love them, and they will look at you and say, I don't feel loved by you. Hmm. They, they are not able to fully hmm. hold. Receive it. To receive it. Because or so, and so that's, that's, that's a whole aspect of becoming, um, growing our joy capacity is learning how to go back and heal from trauma and um, have the walls repaired so that we can hold our joy. Okay, so... I think that like the daily stressors are universal, right? That's been happening since day one in history. Correct. But are you, are you, do you feel like it's on the increase? Like are not the increase of stressors, those have always been there, but like us as individuals or as a, our society, an inability or a, like, do we have less of a capacity or skill set to handle them now? And is there like, do you see reasons for that? 
I, I believe that our culture is becoming um, increasingly uh, more difficult for, um, and we look at our children, I have four teenagers, and my ch- children were faced with um, friends committing suicide mm. at very early ages, people within their community, people that they went to school with. Um, I, you know, that's that's a lot of adversity uh, for for young people to process. Right. And at the same time, as the adversity seems to be rising, our joy levels seem to be decreasing because the neuroscience um, tells us that it requires eye contact and face to face connection to build those joy hmm. um, um, neural pathways in the brain. And what our kids are doing are staring at screens. Doing screen contact, yeah. Screen contact, and they're losing oh. a lot of the things that create joy. And even I was standing in line at the grocery store, and I did not have my phone out. And there was this little girl, about three. She was standing with her mom, and she made eye contact with me. And she smiled, and she goes, where's your phone? <laughs> wow. Wow. That's like her. Oh, and my I, goodness. At first, I couldn't figure out what what she was talking about but then I looked around and her mom was on her phone everyone else standing in line was on their phone yeah. I was the only set of eyes available to that little girl so wow. that was the question out of her mouth where's your phone so the norm that she is experiencing is that not only kids but adults everybody is just constantly yeah yeah, yeah. It, one of the best ways to help a child grow emotional capacity is to give them eye contact smile at them and then there's a whole exchange that happens between your brain and theirs that creates joy in the child and joy in the adult and if there's no adults to give eye contact to then they're missing out no kidding so let's say the person listening to this show right now is an adult who recognizes they're in some desperate need of some self-care what are some of those self-care mechanisms available to them a good question. So there are many facets of resilience. Um, the ability to connect is one of them. Uh, there's also, uh, so in, in the book Building Bounce, we talk about the ABCs of bounce, appreciation, beliefs, and connection. So learning how to rewire our brain to, uh, to appreciate the things around us can be really hard, especially if our brain is trained to find the negative or to find what's going wrong, mm. or um, you know, we 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 like mm. to say we we are either living in one of two stories, one of redemption or one of doom, and so many of us are living as if we're living in a story of doom, and we're looking around for what's the potential thing to fear, yeah. um, and so our brains are trained to find the the scary things, and so what are some ways we can retrain our brains to look around and take in the beauty? of the people and the relationships and the nature that we have at our disposal every day to to be in gratitude about. Hmm. So again, maybe, I mean, that's a great explanation, but what, what are the mechan? do people need to, as you said, connections, your ABCs, right? Yep. Start Um, learning how to appreciate building appreciation. And how does, how does a person learn to appreciate it, appreciate things around them? When perhaps life has been really hard, right? And that is um, that is why we do the appreciation exercises, which are at any given time. There, we can probably think of ten things that are going, you know, really poorly, or that we don't like about 
where we are in life, but there's at least one or two that we can find that we appreciate that are that is going well, and we can learn how to meditate on those things, how to uh, and uh, focus on them and grow them, and it's like a, a place for to start and to grow hmm. um, our ability to to appreciate. And also, then um, we talk about how sometimes we have to learn how to self calm in the nervous system before we can learn to appreciate. And sometimes we have to learn to appreciate before we can learn to self-calm in the nervous system. Because I think we're all running around in fight or flight for a majority of our day, um, which again is the part of the stressors um, and learning how to replenish after a day. What? Just say the ABCs again, appreciation. Appreciation, beliefs. Beliefs. So what we believe yep. to be true. Yeah. And uh, okay. connections. Connections with other people. With other people. And and there's many people, and especially, you know, I, I've been a um, trauma therapist for a long time, and I work with people who have had severe trauma. And building relationship is very challenging. Um, mm. And so we really try to break it down into how to create belonging, mm. how to form relationships. You know, I think a lot of people, when they want relationships, they'll often say, hey, let's meet up for coffee. And so we have a way for you to do that. And that's <laughs> yes, through Shenandoah Joe Coffee. Oh, you caught me off guard on that I one. did. <laughs> um, so as you guys have been listening for a few weeks now, know that Shenandoah Joe has partnered with us, and they are producing a special Renegade Roast, which is our special blend that we can offer to you. They're huge supporters of our channel. The only way that we can make this thing work in a more effective way is to have sponsorships because we don't want to charge you for our daily content. Sure. So go to our website, therenegadeatlas.com, and check out, go down to sponsors, sponsors, yep. and then go to... It's on the header bar, yeah. Yeah. And order up some coffee beans That's for right. yourself. It is absolutely amazing, wonderful coffee. Can't say enough good things about them. Yep. It's delicious. Okay, I want to ask about something. I want to talk about the beliefs, the B. Can we do that? Because the I think that all three are, are really helpful and amazing. Um, the appreciation... Um, is great. Like I know my wife at work, they instituted this thing where like their whole team would meet in the morning and do gratitude, you know, just to like get them in the right frame of mind before they go into their work day. And then connection, I think is very clear. You know, we're happier when we're in good social situations and have support. And, but to me, both of those things are somewhat external, Mm -hmm. right? What we're grateful for can be internal too, but the beliefs is just purely internal right it's deep inside us yes how do you address the the beliefs issue so uh, again i kind of began touching on it with the lens through which we see the world uh-huh. and the, where you're either living in a story of redemption or we're living in a story of doom yeah. and at any given time uh, we can find a lot of evidence um, from our own stories and from what we see around us that we're living in a story of doom yeah. And it can be very um, hard sometimes to to focus on the things that are going right, that are good, that are um, beautiful. And so, but it is possible to retrain the brain. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's the you often hear people say things like, "I never noticed." you know, the white Suburbans on the road until I went to try to go buy one. And now I see them everywhere. When I bought my minivan, I had no idea it was the most popular car car color in all of Johnson County. 
<laughs> and so I bought it, and then I realized it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's because Suddenly my brain wasn't trained yeah. to see it. Right. And now my brain is trained to see the, right. the gray minivan. So um, I think the same is true. How we train our brain, <clears throat> we will either yeah. see all the evidence around us that we are living in a story of doom, or we will see the evidence that we are living in a grand story of redemption that has a happy ending. Yeah. So I want to throw an idea at you and see what you think of it, because I've been studying this portion of the topic myself a little mm-hmm. bit. And I believe that what we're talking about with, you know, beliefs, what you're saying is exactly in line with the gospel of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What he says when he comes in Mark and he says, the time has come, the kingdom is here, repent, which I think that word gets misinterpreted, but it really means have a change of mind. Yes. Like let your mind be changed to see the world a different way. And he says, believe the good news. And I think that the good news is that we are living in Genesis 1, not Genesis 3, after the, after the fall, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. where man has man and woman, humankind is separated from God, and we see all of that playing out. I think Jesus is saying, I'm going to show you how to go back to Genesis 1, where we're living in, what are the words you say? We're living in a story of... Grand redemption. Yeah, redemption, exactly. Either that or doom. This is a happy yeah. story. Heaven or hell, well. <laughs> right? The kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. I think they're all very parallel, and I'm just curious if you think about it that way or how that strikes you. Yes, I do. I believe that God always tells the end from the beginning. And we, so we are, you know, in fact... Um, living in a grand story of redemption where he has already provided a pathway mm-hmm. um, for joy and love and peace and everything that he promises. And so, but it can be really hard. I know so many believers who yeah. really struggle to feel joy in their life, to really, that really struggle to believe that this is going to have a good ending, right. um, that he has a hope and a plan and a future for us. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, no, no, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, good. Well, so let me piggyback off that idea really quickly then. What do you think if, about the idea of confession being that pathway or part of the pathway where if we understand confession to be telling the truth of what our experience has taught us and what it's causing us to believe and Mm -hmm. then letting God come in and say, Thank you for coming and telling me the truth about what you are experiencing right now and even like maybe what it's causing you to do or how it's causing you to feel. Now let me show you the real truth about what I'm actually mm-hmm. doing in it. Does, yeah. How does that Absolutely. For you? I, I think if we can't name what's true, we can't what's been true for us, we you know, we can't we can't begin to heal. And so I think um, being able to um, and I look at coming you know, coming into agreement with we are yep. we're, we're in agreement with one thing and we're confessing that and we're making a new agreement with with another thing right and um so yeah i think the root word of confession is to say again to tell the truth or to to agree essentially mm-hmm. i think that's yeah, well I, you know one of the one of the illustrations i use in the book is that there are so many 
um, believers who will know in their head, you know, that God is with me. He's never left me or forsaken me. And yet I have so much evidence that tells me that that that's not true because I felt alone in that room that day when I got traumatized. I I have walked this journey by myself and had cried out for help and cried out for help. So my evidence does not support the belief that he has always been with me. Right. And so I have watched as Jesus has entered into so many of those scenes yeah, and changed the narrative. Me too, me too. And suddenly, yep. and I've been on the receiving end of that, suddenly I saw Jesus in that room. Yep. I knew he was with me. I watched him weep over what happened to me. Yep. And my narrative shift, my lens shift. I yeah. suddenly can know that I know in my knower I yeah. was not alone. Knowing in your he body, like in your me. heart, right? Not just in your head, yes. like you're intellectually knowing. Right. Oh, I love that. That's I've had similar experiences. I've seen it take people from the moment wherever it was in their past. And actually, you can kind of see the dominoes falling, how it's changing their view of everything that's happened since then, up right up until right. the present moment. And I believe there's a rewiring in the brain that happens yep. when we have those moments where all that evidence that was supporting one narrative suddenly falls like dominoes. Yep. And a whole new narrative is birthed, one that is more true than the last right, one. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, there's so many people who have this confirmational belief inside them that got implanted by either their parents or the, the group that they grew up with that they are so much less than. Mm. And when they begin to heal, they actually perceive the world in a drastically new way. And I'll give you an example from this morning. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I adjusted somebody. They set up and they said, why did you lower the window? I said, what? I said, I haven't touched the window. You, No, the window is lower now. I said, no, you're taller. (laughs) I said, you're taller. You're no longer bent over the way you used to be. And she goes, oh, when did you put that plaque on the wall about the mountains? I said, about a year ago before you were ever a patient. And she started looking around. She goes, wow. Hmm. Your shirt isn't as black as I thought it was. It's actually old now, and it's kind of gray. I was like, thank you. thanks. (laughs) And all of a sudden, her eyes began to perceive the world differently because Mm -hmm. on a neurologic level, something shifted. Mm -hmm. And her whole perception of the world in a very physical way changed. And then, of course, after that happens, the tears come. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that release into what's truth. Right. Right. When they can let go of the preconceptions or the notions or the even the evilness that's permeated into their soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which what's the Bible word for that? I say it's forgiveness. Mm. So is that something you guys talk about? Like is forgiveness, forgiveness? part of the yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You you can't you can't do trauma healing without forgiveness. Um but it's it's a tricky subject. Yeah. It's a very tricky subject, and um, it everyone handles it differently how, in their own way. How have you seen people, like, how do you, how do I ask this question? How do people perceive what forgiveness is, maybe when you start working with them versus after they have a different, you know, like, what's yeah. the shift? Most times people think that um, if I forgive them, I've let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. And um, the way I like to see it is that you're not, you don't let them off the hook, you just hand the the ropes over to Jesus Mm -hmm. they're on his hook not yours and that frees your hands to receive then what all that God has for you yeah sometimes that helps to realize that they're not just going free they're still on the hook 
somebody. Yeah. But I'm not the one Just holding on. Vengeance is mine. That type of mm-hmm. thing says the Lord. But again, th- you don't that's have to a difficult get into topic. That, but and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of everyone has to go through their own journey of deciding how to handle the forgiveness piece. Yeah. Hmm. Can I bounce one more thing off you since you're here then? Because I, I like using you as a sounding board for what's in my head. Is that okay? Because <laughs> you're an expert and like this feels very, you know, it's very confirming or whatever for me or not. If you disagree, feel free to say that. Okay. But so in my own experience with forgiveness, what I'll try to keep this short. What I came to find is that I was still demanding from someone something they could not give me. Hmm. And I began to think of it like this. Like who do we go to when we're asking for something? We go to someone who has authority over us. Like children go ask their parents for more allowance or employees go ask their boss for a raise or for a day off. Or, you know, people would go to the king and bow before him and ask him for this or that or whatever. So then I started to make this connection. Like people that I don't forgive are in a position of authority over me. And the process of forgiving them actually removes them from that position. It puts Mm -hmm. God back there who is the one who can fulfill the things that I need. And it takes those people who can't away like it removes them so it's actually hugely beneficial for me to forgive because it gets me out from under their authority mm. sure I what do you think about that i think that's a great way to look at it yeah. i haven't thought of it exactly like that before um i usually feel like that we cannot forgive what we don't fully acknowledge and own And so um, I believe that's why, um, you know, Jesus on the cross fully owned all of our sin because then that put him in the position to be able to forgive it. And so I think um, there are levels of forgiveness Hmm. because we don't enter into the healing process really being able to see and name everything. And so as something becomes available to us, we can release that portion of it. And say, you know, I, I forgive to this degree because that's all I can do right now. Yeah. And then we journey deeper. And then usually totally. there's levels of forgiveness that we have to re- uh, release. Can totally you think agree. of a story, and, you know, obviously with no names or anything, where you saw forgiveness change somebody quickly when they were able yes. to make that <clears throat> that connection to forgiveness? Yes. I've actually seen it a number of times, but one one face jumps into my memory. We were doing, um, it was in a group setting and this young lady was able to forgive a horrible uh, injustice that was done to her. And it was a long process. I mean, it was a gut-wrenching process and Mm -hmm. she had a lot of support around her as she, you know, entered into that and took some really bold steps. And, um, she had a moment where Jesus met her in a scene. And again, it shifted her narrative enough to be able to see it differently, to be able to release that forgiveness. But the minute she did, there was such a shift in countenance. It's, it's like an adjustment. Yeah. She yeah. stood taller. Her face all of a sudden got like came alive. Like radiant. Radiant. Right? Um, everyone in the room was like, oh, my goodness, something just shifted. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. to this day. She still, it looks yeah. the way, I mean, it, something so shifted in her that she never lost it. And that was just from the weight of forgiveness is so heavy on a person, spiritually, emotionally, and f- uh, physically, that when that right. burden is lifted, um, they they shift, they change. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. maybe cool. um, you can speak to this. Maybe there's some people listening right now who uh, maybe they can't point 
or they're not willing to point to a time in life when something happened, or maybe they, they just aren't aware of it, but they just feel like there's no joy in their life. Mm-hmm. And they want to find that again. Mm-hmm. Um, are there some act? I mean, I know we've got gone through ABCs, but is there some things that they can do um, or reach out to for help in this area? Because that can be a lonely place when you, especially when you think in the back of your head, you're like, I know there's something more for me. I feel mm-hmm. it, but I don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. It, uh, books, um, podcasts, uh, videos, anything. I know you've got a book coming out soon. We'd love for you to tell people how to get that and such. Yeah, so uh, Building Bounce will be available very soon here. It can be, um, you can purchase it on Deeper Walk International's website as well as um, healingexpressionskc.com. And also, I would say that we cannot really start to build joy without being known. And so if you are looking for an opportunity to start to feel joy again, I would find one safe person in your life that you can risk being seen. Hmm. Because if you're not seen, you can't be known. And um, if if we don't feel known, we can't feel loved. It is just Hmm. the way that we're wired. And risk being seen and begin sharing your heart and trying to connect authentically. And um, it is amazing how much joy that will release in your life to feel yeah. seen, known, and loved. Yeah, that being able to be vulnerable is mm-hmm. is a very dear and precious thing. It is. Yeah, and the more you do it, the better you get at it, and you realize it isn't an unsafe place. It's actually a very safe place. It is. With when safe you, people. With the right people. <laughs> with the, <laughs> with right, the right people. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. the right For people. Sure. And, For sure. Yeah. Of course, and with God, which I think gets mm-hmm. that gets twisted around. Like people think they're if they are vulnerable with God, He's going to judge and condemn them. Right. You know, and that's the exact opposite is true. But that's right. you know we come to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, well, well. Before I, I was going to say, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you're doing locally, Stephanie, with sure. the programs and the. You know, tell us about what you're up to. Yeah, so um, I am partnering with a group of other organizations to create something called the Trauma Healing Center. We have just purchased land in Olathe, and we are beginning to plan our building. And we hope to provide both some in-house programming uh, in the way of counseling, trauma healing. Uh, we're going to have our therapy. We're going to have a scripture garden, horticultural therapy, hmm. yeah. um, a variety of different offerings. And we're also, the part that I'm most excited about, going to have a a community network, which is professionals in Kansas City who are already doing amazing work. Hmm. And we are just going to um, try to have a connection point for all of those services so that as people come into the Trauma Healing Center, we can send them out into the community um, and we're going to try to do some fundraising so that we can send them out fully funded um, to support all the ministries and all of the wonderful organizations and chiropractors yeah. and um, and movement therapy and just everything. <laughs> we have so much. We have amazing resources here in Kansas City. So that, okay, that's cool. So that gives me lots of questions then. Um, who can get access to either of those things? 
So like the trauma healing center, that will be available to who? To anyone? Is it through like health insurance or just through coming directly? How, how do you get yeah, so, uh How will it? So uh, we have, like I said, many organizations, some of them are already doing, um, they do, they specialize in trauma healing and recovery. We have um, those who specialize in complex trauma issues. Mm. And so um, we, we really do want to have uh, the ability to support individuals, no matter what they're coming with to support ministries. We want to support first responders. Many first responders have a lot of secondary trauma. And so we want to be able to, to support them. We want to um, we just, just really be a place um, for anybody. Yeah, okay, excellent. What qualifies as trauma? Maybe we should define that That's really That's a good briefly. question. So neurologically, trauma is anything that overwhelms the nervous system. Okay. Um, so if I don't have the external or internal resources to handle what's coming at me, I can go to trauma. What we know is the difference on uh, some uh, oftentimes the difference between crisis and trauma is whether or not I feel alone in it. So whether or not there are, mm. if I'm a young child, I don't have the resources to handle, you know. some of the adversity that might come my way. Mm -hmm. But if I have a loving caregiver who's able to step into my story, lend me their emotional capacity and their prefrontal cortex (laughs) and be able to help process with me, then it might not register in my body as trauma at all. And so Mm. um, that's why we have a heart to build resilient kids, families, and communities because we recognize that that is, it's the we. It's, It's us together that builds emotional capacity. Nice. So I'm going to talk a little bit about trauma for just a minute. I'm just going to emphasize everything you said. If you can imagine um, you're, you have a 20-ounce cup, and that's how much capacity you have to handle traumas that occur or events that occur that can end up being traumatic. Mm-hmm. But if you can handle it, if there's only 18 ounces being poured in, you're okay. okay. The problem comes when you encounter something where you get 40 ounces dumped into a 20 ounce cup that creates a lot of collateral damage you can see that both physically in tendons and elasticity of ligaments and bone positions and other sorts of soft tissue like i can jump from the chair i'm sitting in to the ground and i'm perfectly fine my threshold can absolutely handle that stress i cannot jump from the top of the building i'm in all the way to the ground and land on concrete that's too great of stress for my body to handle. Yeah. Even even if I have a hugely dynamic state available to me, I could be a world-class gymnast. It's just too much. Right. And that's the thing that comes into play with, with trauma. We've all, I think it's a universal thing. We have all experienced trauma. We can all emerge from trauma, and many of us have because we've had healthy families and uh, environments and people but then again, a lot of us haven't. Mm-hmm. Right. One of my, uh, one of the great pastors over at Heartland mm-hmm. Church in Olathe, uh, Tom Bronner, mm-hmm. I've heard him say a few times that trauma is trauma. So in his definitions, like anything that affects you and kind of stays with you, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and, and I think his point there is not to downplay something that externally wouldn't seem so traumatic mm-hmm. or seem so... Like it's not grotesque or it's not um, 
something that would make a newspaper article or anything right. like that, you know, but right. for, he talks about a time he was embarrassed in high school, you know, right. but it affected him so much and he had to go through some healing to finally get free of it later in life. Right. Um, so I guess that's part of my question. Like, is, is, are you looking at any and all kinds of those things or is it got to be something that registers on the public yes, scale? Because every one of us has had an experience where we've been overwhelmed with, Whatever, whether it's, a, you know, I yeah. hear so many stories about a teacher, you know, saying something in front of a classroom and that one incident, you know, now 50 years later, right. I'm still profoundly affected by that because it became part of my belief system. Right. And so to be able to go back into that time um, and go back now with the emotional capacity to be able to enter back in with that former self mm-hmm. and speak truth in those places and um you know I, that yes everyone of us has had trauma and um we don't all have to have complex trauma um to yeah. understand trauma yeah yeah very good yeah i think we could go on for a long we'll long time could, yeah. but we should probably bring it on in for a landing yeah yeah stephanie thank you so much for being part of our our community our podcast our our, our yeah. group we think of them as a family i think yeah and uh to Thank me, this could be one me. of the most. Oh, yeah, this could be one of the most important topics that we cover on this whole show. So I, yeah, I really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having yeah. me. It's been fun. Yeah. Okay, everybody. If you would like to find out where uh, where you can get a hold of us or all mm. that, Matt, yeah. why don't you share it? Well, yeah. So find us on Facebook. I think we have great engagement on Facebook. I agree. So, yeah, yeah, Renegade Atlas on Facebook. Um, if you'd like, to, we'd love to hear from you. You know, so email us. Um, guide at the renegade atlas.com or just make comments on our Facebook page. We're checking that. Um, go to our website. We're getting our website revamped, so that should look really great here shortly. Yeah, it's yeah. gone from a chiropractor designing yeah. our website to <laughs> yeah. somebody who's actually competent. <laughs> yep. And check out our sponsors, Shenandoah Joe and the Top Agent Referral, which we didn't really talk about today, but they're, they're on there as well. Yeah. So thanks for being with us today and uh, be well. 